Этот эпизод на английском языке. За переводом заходи к нам на Patreon. Can we survive in the long term? Proving people wrong is always a really good motor, I think. I get undressed now? You didn't tell me it was one of those sort of... Um... Great! Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic! Be careful what you tweet. The Beatles. Who? I don't really care about the rest of England. Okay, why? Because I'm Mancunian. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to KM Voice and our guest today, Martin Walsh from Manchester and Matt Chester, the bass player and songwriter for Inspiral Carpets. So I maybe introduce you in Russian. So That's people... okay, yeah. 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 I, know it's, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you know? <laughs> I'm going to say you are the greatest farmer of Manchester. Farmer? Um, yeah. That's okay then, that's fine. Are yeah, you? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know one end of a tractor from another. Oh, then you're not. Oh, then I'm sorry, then I mixed you up with somebody else. <laughs> okay, сегодня у нас в гостях Мартин Walsh. Walsh, isn't it? Yes, of Irish descent. Yeah? Okay, I will get back to it. That's okay, yeah. Okay. Это представитель Мэтчестера конца 80-х, гуру в... How do I say? Guru in music industry... Survival guru in music that's, industry. Yeah, that's great. I'll take that. Yeah, that's really good. Yes, yeah. I help people survive the music industry. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. That's why we yeah. have you here. All right. <laughs> Because we're still learning how to do right, that. God, no, cool. Martin, they call guru по выживанию в музыкальной индустрии. Поскольку Martin сюда каким-то чудом занесло в Минск, мы его словили, привели в нашу импровизированную студию, и будем сегодня задавать. Разные вопросы вообще про все, начиная от просто Манчестера и про музыку, и про выживание, соответственно, и про музыку в прошлом, и в настоящем, и как пойдет. Окей, okay. what are you doing here? Right now? You took me in a taxi and drove me in the middle of nowhere, so... This is true. Which is great. Now, um, we, we decided to come to Minsk for... It started off as a, a drunken conversation in a local pub. Uh, one of our friends who isn't here, he's gone for a walk. Okay. And I don't think he'll ever come back. <laughs> I don't um, think <laughs> He's a farmer and he learned to drive a tractor that was originally from Belarus 20 years ago. Okay. And so we've come over to go to the Belarusian tractor factory. Okay. But and you didn't manage to, to go We might be doing that tomorrow before okay. we depart. You know, it's just nice to go somewhere where it's just different and it's a bit more of a challenge to get to and something a little bit more adventurous, really, rather than going to the same places. Mm -hmm. um, I think everything's becoming too based on TripAdvisor and you know almost where you're going before you got there and whatever. So right. this is a little bit more of an adventure, this part especially. Do you always travel in a group like that, like for no, you? No, and we probably will never do again. Right. <laughs> okay, should I ask why? <laughs> Dave gets very particular about his tractors. Everything is geared around tractors. This whole journey and expedition has been okay. based around tractors. So what did you expect to see and what did you actually discover? Well, you had only like, what, day and a half? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't have any expectations, really. Like and none? Not really, no. no what did I mean, you know about Belarus? Not an awful lot. I like the architecture. I really like all the sort of... Um, Is it like constructivist posters and all that sort of stuff? I, I like all of that sort of all stuff, right. really. So that was something that was really interesting. I think the first thing, everything looks really wide. Mm -hmm. All the sort of roads and things and everything looks really quite um, mm -hmm. strong. I really like it because Manchester's quite, everything's very, very packed together in Manchester. It seems really, yeah, I just don't quite expansive. I like that. 
from my very limited time now of speaking to Belarusian people, there seems to be almost a conflict within them. I think there's some people who really want to be Belarusian, some people that really want to be Western. Yeah, okay. And I think that's quite interesting. I think it's... Maybe that's only been the limited, the limited people that I've, I've met, mm -hmm. but there seems to be a lot of people almost trying to make us feel really, really welcome. That's one of the massive things, but mm -hmm. some people really wanting to make sure that they welcome us in a Western sort of way. Okay. Rather than maybe a Belarusian way, or even a Russian way, because even then, you know, I don't even know whether or not I should speak Belarusian or Russian. Well, it's not, like, one day and a half is not enough to no, it's put not, the no. whole picture, yeah, you know, exactly. in But yeah. you do get a good flavour, though, and I said even yeah. the limited amount of preparation that we did, there's certain things that you don't know in the UK, and there's lots of myths and things like that about all the things that you're going to expect, and that's why I tried not to think about that, really, and just go and just see what happens, really. Sometimes the first impressions that you get are the ones that bring the truest, really. Mm -hmm. And from you know, the limited time I've been here, you can sense in a in a good way. There's a bit of friction. Mm -hmm. Okay, then we go back to your hometown. Yes. I, I get undressed now. You didn't tell me it was on one of those sort of. Um... That, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Well, no. that's why I took you. <laughs> you know, in the middle of nowhere. We did that already a couple of times. So I want right, to ask okay. you uh, one question. Why are you so proud? Why are you Mancunians uh, like? <laughs> I think we've got a lot to be proud of. We're a city of firsts, um, not just about music, but computers and the industrial revolution, Cottonopolis and all sorts of things. But I think we've got to be, we're really at a tipping point where all we're going to be doing is looking back about how good things were. Mm -hmm. I think we've got to be a lot more forward thinking. Otherwise, we're going to get caught up and end up like Liverpool, mm -hmm. where all they think about is the Beatles and nothing else. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that we can be proud, but then it's very, very close to becoming complacent. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to do things maybe more in the music industry. Music forms part of almost the culture of a city and it's part mm -hmm. of, a, of a living, breathing thing. And it needs to, I think it's, it's broken at the moment in Manchester particularly because mm -hmm. we're not as global player as we used to be. Is it why the first thing you asked me to play today was the, the guy called Gerald? Because yeah, well, you want to live in the future, not because you want no, to live no, back. No, that's because we've been to a bar, or several okay. bars, and all we'd heard was this is awful, this Latino beat that was awful. So we asked a guy last night to play Voodoo Ray, and he wouldn't play it. But no, yeah, and, and you know what? In a lot of ways, I would really, really like to be saying, yeah, let's listen to this new electronic what, what, music from. And you know what? And I don't know. And that's a real. It's an indication of me. But also, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I connected with our mayor, Andy Burnham, and said there's lots of really cool things going on in Manchester, but they're not, they're not speaking to each other. There's a okay. real disconnect. And we're not shouting from the rooftops that we've got really, really cool electronic music, for example. Mm -hmm. We should be. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a failing of Manchester that we're not saying yet. Because at the moment, I think Manchester has still got the, the spectre of white guys playing guitars. Okay. And we need to break out of that. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I've been striving to do is reach out to people and say, right, okay, what are you doing, what are you doing? And mm -hmm. it's difficult to find those people because a lot of them feel disenfranchised that Manchester's not for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it should be. So that's one of the, my main things is to make sure that next time I'm here, I'll mm -hmm. be able to tell you about some really cool electronic music or whatever's right. going on, you know. Mm -hmm. Particularly in uh, Manchester or like in England generally? It's just or Manchester because I, I don't really care about the rest of England. Okay, why? Because I'm Mancunian. Oh, that's why, that's why, this is it. This is it, like, what? Well, that's See? where people ask me where I come from. I come from Manchester, I don't come from England. 
this this thing I want to dig into. You know where I got this T-shirt? I got it for my birthday from uh, the drummer of Peter Hook and the Like from Paul. All right, okay. Okay, so yeah. he gave it to me. It was his choice. His friend did it, and he just brought it to me, and I was like. All right, I sort of like it, and I like this working class kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. spirited. But I also want to understand if I put it on, if you're proud. For me, being proud is means like being also happy with uh, what you are and how you feel, yeah, contempt and yeah. stuff. Are you happy there in Manchester? Working class people happy we're, there. We're very sarcastic in Manchester. That's what okay. we did. We take the Mickey out of people. I'm gonna just start saying all different slangs now, but um, it's okay. You know, but I'm not you know, gonna understand. We, we, but we make, we make jokes with each other, and I think one of the things that's really good with Manchester is we've had a real can-do, independent attitude for a while, where people have just gone and done stuff because they want to do stuff. Even like with Inspirons, we set up our own record label because we weren't, we didn't want to be told what to do by anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then looking back at it, it's very, very clear that that mentality came through from Peach Ellie and Buzzcocks because mm-hmm. they did their own record label, New Hormones, put the Sex Pistols on, even when they were, didn't know how to put a gig on. And that sort of thing was, yeah, well, just proving people wrong is always a really good motor, I think. So everybody uh, yeah. is wrong but me. Yeah. Isn't that? Oh, isn't yeah, that yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. And it, that's something, this stubbornness, arrogance, and all those sort of things that go into it. <laughs> And I think it, that makes for really quite that conflict, I think, and that friction. I think that r- makes for really cool music okay. and really got a lot of good expression. But yeah. the only trouble is, I think, what Manchester's really good at in a in a negative way is all that friction and everything leads that most bands fall out. All the dynamics and that confidence that you need and that sort of doggedness mm-hmm. and that real sort of tunnel vision. After a bit, you realise you forget why you've done it. But yeah, so, so in a lot of ways, yeah, we're proud. And I think one of the things is because we're not in London and the whole of almost like the UK economy has always been so London-centric, we're up north doing our own little thing and making really, really cool stuff that people from all over the world want to come and see. Mm-hmm. And we've not really had to cowtail to London, although still constantly the industry is still there. And that's one of my biggest bugbears, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that ultimately the money is still there and the mm-hmm. press is still there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the infrastructure of the music industry is still there, you know, 30 years ago from when Inspiral Carpet started. Mm-hmm. Even though we were doggedly independent, it's still the industry is still there, and that's something that's, that, that's got to definitely change. Mm-hmm. It's going to. He's going to have to, yeah. Okay. All right. It's also about the. Not arrogance, but you mentioned it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Splitting in the band as well, because like. Peter Hook and your other story, you know, the guys who made so many creative stuff and nice stuff and they like just can't get along. And also what I was reading about Inspire Puppets, when there's who was that? There was the drummer who was living the band and I think and he was saying that he was got fired and Who's the, it? No, no, that was a singer. That was Tom the singer. The singer yeah, yes. that was the singer that he said that he got fired and the yeah. band said that he just left. Yeah. And it's like what's like Well, you, you know, know what you know what singers of bands are like? Yeah, okay. Oh, oh so that, that's that the thing. That was a barbed comment over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's complicated. Yeah. It is um, complicated. That, but yeah, everybody is just so proud. Uh, is that why? Is that, is that why? Yeah, but then you get you get carried away with it and you, then you start having, you know, there's always people around. It's one of the things you, you really notice when your band becomes successful is you get more and more people around you that won't say no to you. So that's mm. when you have ridiculous ideas and people go, oh, yeah, it's great because mm. they're on the payroll and things like that. So, and yeah, you fall out and people change. And a lot of the time people, that doggedness and that sort of, yeah, let's let's do this, 
eventually being in the music industry is a really bizarre world. I think about this, I don't know any other art form that is really set up against each other. Many years ago, like Picasso wouldn't be sort of saying, well, I've sold more paintings than you, whoever, or, you know, <laughs> Da Vinci, I know they wouldn't at the same time. But with music, it is like, how, what chart position, how many records have you sold? And that's that's then suddenly the, the barometer that that music is better than somebody else's. That's all that really is important to you, rather than I've really made a cool piece of music that really reflects where I'm at and I think I'm done the best that I can. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't sell gold discs, then so what? But that's where the music industry is totally skewed because it's it's a really creative art form, and then it's a it's a business at the same time, which you have to understand. But it's that's where once that balance goes, mm-hmm. and then people start having different thoughts, and that's why our Tom left, pushed out, whatever. It okay. doesn't really matter after Does a bit, it? you know, because he's not here. <laughs> I <laughs> think, you know. I think that might change if uh, everybody who starts a band also not only gets a manager, but also a psychologist, you know, in a band. Oh, no, you need a psychologist <laughs> now and you need someone that's really good on Twitter and all that sort of stuff and doesn't have... The, the band members aren't allowed the passwords. They're the okay. worst things, band members on Twitter. Okay. That was the thing that made Tom leave or split. Because oh, right. he announced that we would split up on Twitter when we hadn't done. Okay. All right. So, 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 so psychologists. So be might careful be, what you okay. be careful what you tweet. One good thing is that when you leave the band and you write a book about it, like Peter Hook did, you can write a lot of good tips about do's and don'ts. Yeah. Like don't write of, a book. No, no. Or if you're gonna write a book, tell the rest of the band you're gonna do it. Okay. Is that what he did? Or? That's what Tom did. Tom did. Or he didn't, did. Or didn't do. So, he, yeah, he also did write a book. Yeah, and didn't <laughs> tell everybody else. So that's what I mean. After a bit, you just need a little bit of. You need to need a little bit of respect after a bit. Do you know what I mean? Because people can do their own stuff and things. And I said people change, which is fine, and people's views on where the band should be. I think and sometimes you need that friction at times to make things work and challenge. There's nothing worse when that's what happened really within spirals. You just get very safe and mm. it becomes and I think that's what happened with New Order as well. It was just like that's what we do, we do this, we do and mm-hmm. but yeah, you've got to be careful. Once you start putting things in books and things like that, it's there then for people to see. There's never really a context given in a book, neither mm. really. There's a huge mm. lot of other things that have gone on until those words are written on that page that people don't see that bit. Mm-hmm. And that can be really quite damaging as well, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you just got to be really, really careful. And a lot of the times, a lot of the books that you sort of read of, of that type of book as well, they're really bloody boring. Oh, okay. Do you but, know? You but know, Peter's book isn't boring. Oh, it's I've hilarious. Not read it. No, no. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> I haven't read one about Hacienda though yet. For me, with music as well, I don't like knowing the ins and outs of things. Really, you know. Okay. But you've I, been I, in, so why yeah, would you need to know? Well, yeah, but even like if I wrote, a, if I read a book, you know, I'm a big Joy Division fan, and I almost don't want to know about. I don't mind necessarily reading about maybe like the technical side of things, but you know, like how they recorded, right. you know, closer or whatever. But when it all gets into why things were written and lyrics and things like that, after a bit within Spirals, when our last time we did that and we went through each track and started talking about it, and after a bit, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I don't like that. I like to know, I've got, when I listen to, heard it through the grapevine, mm-hmm. I want to know, I don't want to know what, why Marvin Gaye was singing it. I want, I've got an idea why he was singing it and maybe that might change, you know, and for him to suddenly, well, I know he can't do that now, <laughs> talking about a lot of dead people, but um, if he, it was about that, it sort of ruins, 
it ruins the mood for me. It ruins that almost that um, the magic for me, mm-hmm. really, because I think that the whole point about making music when you can connect with somebody is great, but that's a total personal thing. And then for it to become suddenly very impersonal because of what that's what that's about, then it's almost like, well, I can't listen to that song again now without realizing what it was about. I think it's better that there is a little bit more enigma, and we, uh-huh. we almost want to know everything about everything, and there's nothing given to a little bit of self-expression, really. So uh-huh. that's yeah. I wouldn't write a book. That's could say waffle on anyway, wouldn't I? Do you know what I mean? It'd be way too long. Okay. <laughs> but also, you know, when you say that it's hard to handle being inside the band, you know, for a long term and maybe you get successful and then it becomes harsher and harsher yeah. with time. But at the same time, like Manchester bands, they, what I read this term today and that's called like bandwagon when you, you know, one band starts and then more bands oh, yeah, stick no, together. Totally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a nice thing. I suppose so, yeah. I mean, because when, when within Spirals, like we, we sort of really came to prominence like eight, late 80s, early 90s, and then you could see the music industry from London coming up to Manchester to try and sign the next sort of Madchester band. Mm-hmm. And I just find that really quite sad, really, that it's okay. all sort of... It is, it's catching up with itself all the time, and it's not forward-thinking. That's why we were really, really fortunate to sign with Mute Records because Daniel was always very forward-looking, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I said Manchester, for me now at the moment, is very much positioned that we're, we're going to be too concentrated on looking back. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now this is probably the most important part. Tell me, if you're the guru of survival mm. in the music industry, yeah, so you know... How for everybody who starts like with DIY, like look at us here, like yes. you know, it's like completely yeah, yeah. made out of like I don't know everything that you just find you put together yeah. and how to survive. Can we survive in the long term, in the long perspective? Well, all, all I could ever, you know, I say this to bands now: all you ever have when you start a band or any creative project now, the, mm-hmm. the only thing you've got real control over is, you know, in a band instance, it's the songs that you make. And the relationships then of the people that are in this room, for example, that's the only thing that you've got control over. Because as soon as that goes out to maybe Spotify or to mm-hmm. a management company or a distributor, anything can change then. Mm-hmm. You know, we were lucky to be with the record label where the guy from the main guy, the record label was there all the time. But you're reading stories of reading about the Beastie Boys and their A&R man changed and then doesn't get it or whatever. You've got no control over that. So the, try and be as much in control of, first and foremost, all your copyright type of stuff. So record everything yourself and you pay for it. Mm-hmm. You make this yourself, that's yours. Nobody mm-hmm. can take that away from you then. Mm-hmm. And then really be very strong on the relationships you've got. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that bands don't do, and I think this is definitely because there's more, especially with guys in bands, they don't talk. So when people maybe have a different opinion or a different focus because one spans are all when it's almost like a lining of stars when everything's in that sort of trajectory mm-hmm. that's when a band's on fire and it's brilliant you, you can record any band or whatever when when everything's like that mm-hmm. it's when something suddenly goes askew and that's when all the problems start and that's a lot of the times because people don't sit down and go you know what I don't like what we're doing or I want to do this or I want to do that and it goes too far down the line and then you get used to it and whatever and then people don't want to upset the mm-hmm. other car so I would say, yeah, know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Want to be, want to make a difference, I think is good. Want to do it for because you really need to do it. You have to do it, not that you think you're going to become famous. Mm-hmm. And have control of everything that you can. Mm-hmm. So how not to lose control if you get to a major? Don't sound to a major. 
Okay. But you did. Yeah. Well, well, no, we signed to a, a big indie, I suppose. I mean, okay. but, you know, okay, I mean, right. but the reason why we did it was because you get into that point where, you know, we were releasing our own records, we were paying for our own recording sessions. We realised we'd just hit a point really where we couldn't get the music out there quick enough for the demand that was there. Mm -hmm. So we chose a record label that had very, very similar values to us because Meat Records was really, really important to us. We were very close to signing to Factory Records. Mm -hmm. um, and Tony Wilson helped us set up our own record label, but we didn't want a sign to Factory because we knew that Factory was New Order and Happy Mondays and we would be third. We'd want to go to a record label that we were number one at, or at least not the same sort of band as, you know, so Mute Records hasn't or never will have another band like Inspiral Carpet, so in that way that was good because we had our own mm -hmm. definite identity there. And so, yeah, you're choosing to chase. There's a lot of people now who are choosing music to become famous. I didn't. I don't make music to become famous. I do music to try and communicate with people and try and get what's out of here and what's up there mm -hmm. out. Really, mm -hmm. that's it. If there's a a knock-on effect that people like it, that's great. Musicians would be liars to say that they don't get a vibe that somebody loves what they do, and the inevitability is that then people want to buy it, and you know that's that's cool. But um, don't go into a band just to be famous. I think I don't think that's the right thing to do. But I think those bands also can get famous and can succeed. It's just yeah, a different vibe yeah, that no, you... Yeah, no, totally, yeah. And you have to be mindful that, you know, you're going to experience ups and downs. You know, you look at a band like Depeche Mode, mm. who are still pushing boundaries music-wise, mm. technology-wise, but they're still shifting absolutely shed loads of records. Mm -hmm. I look up to them as a band. I don't really want to say this as a business model. That's absolutely fantastic. you still got that creative dynamic. Mm -hmm. They've had their ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And but they're still making they're they're going that way, and I think that's the you know they're going upwards, which I think is the, the only mm -hmm. way to do it really. What was so special about Inspire Carpets that even the van driver and technical guy <laughs> went to the one went into the charlatans right, and the other one Noel Gallagher. Uh... Yeah, we're, we're we're quite good at that. We're almost okay. like a sort of an, an apprentice scheme for new bands. Well, yeah. Um, uh, should we should we join? You know, like inspire couples. No, I wouldn't just do that. To, That'd be the kiss to, of death to for mop you guys. the floor and no, just. No, no, you, you won't. You won't have a lot of work for a start. No, okay. <laughs> That's a good example of people getting in, involved in the music industry at any level and just doing it, rather than you know going to university to learn how to become a van driver and, and for a band. You just do mm -hmm. it and. The inevitability is if you're good, and one of the things as well with the Manchester music scene in particular is it's quite small. So word gets around quite quickly if you're good. Word gets around even quicker if you're bad. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways, it's really quite easy for you know if you just turn up, you, you get on with people or whatever. And yeah, we were a good grounding for a lot of bands like Oasis, and you know Noel learned a hell of a lot about what to do and what not to do mm -hmm. in the music industry from being on tour with us. You're still listening to KM Voice and we're going mad talking about Manchester with Martin Walsh. Let's start with best players. Is Joy Division best player good enough for you? Mr. Peter Hook? Yeah, Mr. Peter Hook. As, as a bass player? Yeah. And a mark out of ten? Oh, yeah, yeah, out I'd of say ten. A, 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 a good five. A good five? Yeah. Woo! Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, and you? How good are you? A good eleven. Good 11. Good. Good 11. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So charlatans? Charlatans? Uh, f I don't even know his name. Two. Two. Okay. <laughs> uh... Joking. No, I'm joking. Yeah. One. <laughs> okay. Middles. Who? The Beatles. 
Oh, zero. Zero. Can't mm. stand the Beatles. <laughs> what, what, what did they do to you? Is it trauma? Is like no, no, I just don't like them. No, yeah, just okay. don't, and I think it's got a lot to do with the Liverpoolian aspect. All right. Because Manchester and Liverpool don't like each other. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh, rate, please, um, any Manchester band. This is the best bass player and the worst bass player. Inspiral Carpets, both, on both counts. <laughs> nice. Is the same person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very short list. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put somebody somebody else in it. Uh... To be fair, no, you know, Hooky was massive influence on me. Mm-hmm. And I used to try and when we used to meet up after gigs and things like that, I, I used to, he used to take money off me. For, for him thinking that I sounded like him, which I do at times. But he I, used to take money off yeah, you. Yeah, he used to. He used like to, what? Oh, like in, a, in, in rubles, rubles worth of money, thousands okay. of rubles worth of money. Okay, like it's just because, down but, the road, you know, it was like you owe me money because you play yeah, like me yeah. or something. Like but the that. thing is, I had the money to give him. That's the you thing. had. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, so you, you should you know, you it's almost like you know, I used to give him the money to you know, like, no, so we'd go away. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what we will do. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's All the right. future. Let's go further then. What I wanted to ask, would this whole Manchester thing, this whole baggy style thing, this whole uh, Hacienda stuff work without ecstasy drugs and all no. this? No. No, not at all. I think with any culture, when if you look at even, you know, like Northern Soul, drugs involved in that and... Use of it in the good way, and use of it for what it needed to be done for. Not, not in a. I think the only trouble is with a lot of times that people start taking drugs just to to prove a point, or to compete or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think having as part of a cultural thing where because the whole thing with Manchester as well wasn't music, just music. It was graphic design. It was fashion. It was mm-hmm. design of architecture, of buildings, photography, and drugs came into that as well and it was you know quite a social movement well it wasn't quite it was a social movement probably the last social movement that the UK has experienced has had a global impact without doubt and you know because that led into almost then the thing of acid house and all that sort of stuff so yeah that would have been a real part of it because it, it broke down barriers a hell of a lot about but that was happening to be fair sort of insidiously sort of coming through a place you know with, with DJs playing all sorts of different sorts of music at the Hacienda where you could go and listen to Derek Mank Beastie Boys Kraftwerk The Smiths all on the same night mm-hmm. so it was sort of there I just think that maybe you know some, some of the drugs probably brought it out better and stopped people being as uptight mm-hmm. but you just got to be really really careful mm-hmm. especially nowadays with the synthetic stuff that's out there I think uh, I also you know, read about like this uh, nice sentence uh, opportunists gangsters that got along with the opportunistic yeah no totally yeah well that's what I mean, with, with anything that happens like that there's always money around you know yeah. and once people start to realise that they can make money out of stuff and then there's people that maybe come on board for not the right reasons and then it becomes almost like with any sort of underground scene which we've been chatting just before about Belarusian hip hop which is great but sometimes once it becomes up above then sometimes it can then not necessarily have all the right people for the right reasons and then as soon as people start thinking about money then it becomes ego driven and that's when things start to go wrong mm-hmm. and that's where yeah when people like you know because it was the guns that really sort of that, that closed the hacienda down yep. but in some respects the hacienda wasn't really as forward thinking as it should have been neither 
mm-hmm. other clubs just overtook it because again I think that little bit of complacency came in with the Hacienda we can do what we want and put the same DJs on week after week after week and then down the road at Cream you were having different DJs on every single week and really sort of pushing the boundaries and that's one of the you know that's one of the reasons why I think it, it, it failed as well mm-hmm. uh, what would you suggest if we take England and us coming from let's say Bellary is quite like new country with culture that struggle quite a bit with for for many many different reasons and uh england is something that you know spit out like music for ages you know just yeah. like spitting out from different towns like industrial town whatever like capital that just like music 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 and you have like so good background to keep on going you can even stick to your like hometown and you say you know i sit here and i teach people how to survive here just in this city and I don't give a shit about the rest of the country. I don't want to deal with it. But we here have to get along somehow like in the middle of nowhere because we used to have something like a scene. It right. fell apart. It, we don't have any connection to even that. Why did it fall apart? Well, for political reasons as well. Right. Okay, and, right, uh, yeah. And also because it goes with the generation, but then it stops. And, and for some reason, I don't know, there is no this like looking back and sort of taking from the previous experience and developing it. I don't know. Everybody wants to start all over all over again. I don't know why. Right, okay. I mean, there's not that many to ignore it. Like, you know, you can actually treasure a little bit of what was what was been going on. But maybe because we always like try to grasp a little. Maybe it's because it was so difficult to get something from far away that we are still looking away to get inspired because right, like, there's okay. so yeah, little yeah. here but also so difficult to get something and now it's easy of course what would you suggest as a guru <laughs> for us without such a like great background musical background to to start with i don't know don't think about it don't think just don't think about it just do it because that's all that you can do Do you know, you know, especially when you're doing anything creative, it's the sort of thing that you do because you do it because you need to do it. Right. There's only no other way of you of reaching out and connecting with people, really. Mm-hmm. And then, because I said, I think people have over, tried to over-theorise things and I'm even in the danger of doing it with some of the work that I'm doing, putting plans together to recreate, not recreate, sort of re-energise Manchester. But sometimes you can, music can almost be the lifeblood of a city which and it needs to be, as I said, I think we're, we're a bit sort of clogged at the moment in Manchester, but I've got to be careful that we don't over-theorise it. Mm-hmm. Um, it might just be that you go through points where maybe Manchester's music scene isn't great or whatever maybe the Russian <laughs> scene just isn't great at this moment in time just because that's the way that it is do you, uh-huh. know, you know what I mean and it might need that people maybe to come back and and that's been some way I'm, I'm really quite excited because I said the limited time I've had here there's a, there's a conflict that you can sense with people and I think that's really interesting and that's the thing that almost needs to be nurtured and that really that bit explored just even the conflict within people within themselves really sort of saying who am I I think that that's actually quite a, an interesting thing to look at, and then yeah, just make whatever artistic form you want to make based on on that bit. I think really, and that's one of the things you probably got more than any country in what you could call Europe at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. England hasn't got it. We we know who we are and whatever, and, we're, and I said we're proud, but almost a bit sort of arrogant about it. You guys aren't. You're looking for it, and I think that's really that's really unique, and that's that should be harnessed. But yeah, I'm almost probably thinking about it too much now. Just do it. Where this uh, was there the point in your 
lifetime when you actually when you just started when when you were going into creative industry and when you were thinking like if i keep doing it a little longer and i don't get any profit i'm just going to drop it and i just keep doing something that yeah no you, me. you're right I, I, yeah ultimately we all need to live don't we it's that's sometimes it's a really really difficult thing to to assess with people it's like right well you're making this music and that's what you want to make or you're making this art and that's what you want to make but we do live in a supply and demand economy don't we really where you know we have to pay rent or whatever or whatever and there's bills to pay that's a really really difficult thing to try and come to terms with and because there's no right or wrong answer in that way and at times yeah it just will boil down to the fact that now i don't have the money to pay peter hook the copious thousands of pounds <laughs> that i used to pay him because <laughs> life changes you know so it is difficult that and it is difficult and then, you know what as well sometimes you've got to be really really honest not everybody's cut out for it and to be in the creative industries you've got to really be very aware that you've got to give yourself up to it a lot and once you give yourself up to it and you put all your time and energy and passion and somebody turns around and like shit what do you do for some people they don't carry on um, or you have to have a really thick skin or after a bit you have to maybe realise that yeah maybe some bit is shit and you have to sort of go and look at doing something else um, But and that's where again really you've always got to be questioning why are you doing it I think why are you doing it and if it's just that thing that when you get up in the morning all you really want to do is make a podcast or all you really want to do is make music I think that's the thing that keeps you going because um, without that you do sort of start to maybe become a caricature of yourself or mm. you're not sincere um, and I think that's one of the things that people are really going to be buying into now where we are in the UK I think the confidence is at such a low that if you can position yourself as somebody that's really knowledgeable really passionate really has got great integrity that you're doing things for the right reasons I think a lot of people will suddenly buy into it because mm. they're looking for it people are searching thumps into believing and I think that's exactly the same in Belarus as well. So you said that you're gonna do something in the memory of Pichelli, right? Yeah, hopefully so. Yes, um, it was quite strange. Right there, I'd, I only had a couple of opportunities of meeting Pete, and I'd, the last one was when Inspiros did a gig in Venice a few mm. years ago, and we met Pete at the airport because he'd flown in from Estonia. Oh yeah. And we had a, a bus ride from the airport to the gig, probably about two hours. And it was almost like a really impromptu interview. And it was just fantastic being with him. And then I realised, and unfortunately this is what happens a lot, doesn't it? Only when I found out that he died, that I sort of took a little bit of stock and thought some of the things that he'd done, it was a given, as I said, for Inspire to set up our own record label. That's just what you did. We didn't have to go down to London because Pete and Buzzcocks had set up New Hormones. They'd done, put bands on, they put the Sex Pistols on, obviously, that people like Tony Wilson and Joy Division were in the room, and without that, that wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. There's a part of the story that's missing, I think, that a lot of people do. You know, Manchester is synonymous with Factory Records, which is great, and they did a hell of a lot, but there's that first part that people actually miss, because without Pete and Howard putting on the Sex Pistols for those people to be there and having that energy and that just fuck it attitude, mm -hmm. that's what that was all based on. You know, the fact that they agreed to put the, the Sex Pistols on and didn't even know how to put gig on but they still went ahead and did it because they didn't think about it they didn't overthink they didn't go on youtube and go how do you put a gig on mm -hmm. they did it mm -hmm. and if it was wrong it doesn't matter because it's almost the intention that says that was that was way way more powerful and that's the reason why now yeah i'm really keen with my partner joe to put something together in conjunction with like our, our mayor andy burnham that hopefully is going to be a springboard that manchester has 
a music space that people can come to from all over the world and look at some of our great heritage that we're proud of, but more and more and more importantly, heralding all the new stuff that we're even okay. more prouder of. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, that to me, if anything, it's sort of the stars have aligned again, really, mm-hmm. for, for somebody like Pete, because not only was the Buzzcocks a massive influence, but then all the other stuff we were doing electronic music-wise for the LGBT scene as well, mm-hmm. being a bisexual guy. Mm-hmm. is really sort of pushed boundaries that not a lot of people really acknowledge and one of the things is because Pete didn't go and shout from the rooftop that that's what he was about he just got on and did it mm-hmm. yeah alright a recurring theme maybe some organisation could put that just do it yeah right I don't know maybe somebody might have already thought of that I don't know but you said that you're afraid of making the Manchester like the bus box city. But I think you you can do that. No, it can t- no, it, it, is... no it, it just needs to tell a story, and right. that, that's part of the story. It's almost like you know, I said it almost like when you write a book, you you know, you've got to put it into context because without that, all these other things that people maybe would come around from all around the world for wouldn't necessarily know it. But that would only be part of it. Right. Be part of the, when you come to Manchester, then you can see some guys who are making some really cool experimental electronic stuff that's immersive and multi-sensory that's where the whole thing needs to be you know? mm-hmm. so it's not just things in glass cases yeah exhibits and things like that I don't think that's particularly exciting either really <laughs> not really you're still listening to Cut and Voice and we go in Matt here talking about Matt Chester with Martin Walsh this fragile question about bands that born were born like many many years ago, uh, decades ago, and then they decided to reunion. Mm-hmm. It's always like the topic of is it worth it? How people accepted this? I, mean, I, like- I, I thought that. I mean, when in Spirals we got back together in 2003, we were offered good money to do it, and in 1994, 95, probably we all couldn't have been in the same room together without lawyers. Okay. Um, you couldn't? Or you... No. No. Um, and by 2003, we sort of could, but still had a lawyer on hand, just in case. Um, but you know what? Yeah. If there wasn't a demand for it, then really, yeah, you're right. I, I, I had real sort of conflicting thoughts. It was just like, how come we can come back and be playing in you know, Brixton Academy and places like that? And it's because people still want it. And it's I don't necessarily agree with it, mm-hmm. but you know what? Where's the new upstart bands that are playing that music that people want to go and see? Do you know what I mean? It's almost like the the gauntlet is thrown down to them. You make something that is that is exciting and people want to come and come and see it. And then, yeah, ideally, we shouldn't even be allowed to get back on stage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But there's a hell of a lot wrong, I think, with music. When I come into power, then one of the first things is going to be that you're not allowed to go to a gig with your parents. That should not be allowed. With your parents? Parents. You shouldn't go to gigs with your parents. You should be going to see music that your parents hate. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. not going together and going, oh, these guys are great. Well, no. there is one exception. I, I agree with you, but there's one exception. No, go, go, you're going to have to be a good one now. Who? Well, we, I don't know. But for me, it's good. Mm. I grew up with this music because right. my older brother was listening to it. Not my parents, but my no, That's brother. just about okay. That's that's all yeah, right. That, that's uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah, no, I shouldn't be allowed out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's no. special. I know. No. I know. But I was I thought it's like But yeah, but you wouldn't be going with your mum and dad though, would you? N- no. 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 Probably no. not. So that's okay then. That's alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I've seen people who are like parents, children, 
And I think like grandparents. Yeah, them. that's wrong. That's just wrong on all, all so many levels. <laughs> um, but he is on stage with his daughter as well. Is it? I'm not going to go now. Then if I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> no, He's, wait, she's I mean, killing it is. him all the time. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, there is some irony in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the way that everything's suddenly being packaged and. But he didn't it, no, split. In a safe, he didn't stop. No, no, well, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, and it's very, it's very safe. And I said it's um, it's an indictment really of the music industry that, that like investment won't be put into new music. It will be oh, let's get those guys back out again because they know we can they can sell records. One of the really saddest things is as well is that record labels will know that an older band can deliver. Then they go into a studio that they know that an album will come out. Whereas some of the newer bands, they don't know whether or not they've got it in them to actually do that. So that's why they're going back. That's why New Order can put out new albums or whatever because, you know, Mute give them the money and they know that an album will come out. Mm-hmm. If they do that with a brand new band, there's no guarantee. Mm-hmm. So, But New Order is not the best example in this case. But we here, we suffer from the problem that we only get to listen to the bands that were popular like, what, 30 years ago? Really, yeah? 20. 20. Yeah. Right, okay. Because, like, Scorpions, for example... Oh, I, I, don't, you don't... They were, oh, right, okay. No, I mean, I, they're probably nice people. But they've yeah, but been, they're synonymous with the Berlin Wall coming down as well, aren't they? I know, they? but they've dreadful. been on the last all tour... The music, then you've got Hasselhoff. They've been on the last tour here, I think, up to five times. Every time there was the last tour. Yeah, there should be something done about that. I know, but, but they're not the worst band that was doing it here. So it's who, like, we also have, like, a lot of, like, bad... Russian pop music. Right, okay. Got delivered here. Because, Is there like, any good Russian pop music? We don't know. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. That be. was the question I was going to ask. Independent. Independent. Right, yeah. okay, right. There must be. I mean, there's always something good music, even. But what we get is something that people buy. No, no. It's not pop music. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I get you. You know, yeah. and then after, I suppose after a bit, you know, it's, um, you have to be like, well, and concert agencies bring them because people buy it. They mm. don't want to invest into like something that you they have to promote, that they have to mm. do the job but to then, sell. Ultimately, then you do have to then take the bull by the horns and do it yourself. That'll be true. Well, yeah, yeah, and a lot of bands, you know, some of the 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 more successful bands lately from Manchester, like you know, like Cortinas, for example. Okay. Don't particularly like them, but. <laughs> Their, the way that they did it, they built their fan base from playing really, really... Like, actually used to play in a, in a, um, like a venue this. like this. Okay. But it was regular. Every single sort of, you know, second Friday they would play, the Britain's Protection it was called, and then mm-hmm. there'd be like 20 people in, and then 30 people, then 20 people queuing outside, and then they'd move it up and move it up, you know, and it was very, very well because people were excited by it and they were offering some, and they connected with their fan base as well. Mm-hmm. So they were saying something to them. There's no reason why that, again, can't be rolled out, can't be rolled out, you know. But ultimately, yeah, if you've got a very sort of apathetic population and they're going to be, you know, and they just accept it, I don't really know after a bit how, how you can get around that. It's difficult, but what I'm saying, you have got something to get around, if you know yeah. what I mean. You know, there's something there that you can actually rally against, but you need to all be sort of singing from the same hymn sheet, really, don't you? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Um yeah, well, we do our small things to, to do, like, yeah, but I'm just talking about on the bigger scale, you know, the agencies, the, oh, no, yeah, well, the artists, like that. they're not like going to stop. They, they don't, you know, the big artists, they don't need to develop 
because they no. know well, they it's because it, well it's because of the way that you know technology's came in, into music now and you you know people can download music so easily and the music industry has been really really lazy it was arrogant it thought it was never going to get caught out by the digital revolution and if you think about it the way that music industry has gone they've gone for the lowest common denominator they've targeted kids young people I'm talking like yeah, teenagers mm-hmm. listening to music on the crappiest devices iPods that big and phones and all sorts of stuff so audio quality has gone down and it's so so disposable but then the way that TV has embraced the digital technology if you look at things like Netflix mm-hmm. and you know Amazon Prime and some of the the way that their target audience is maybe people who are 30 to 40 years old who will then go and buy huge, huge TVs that have got HD and all quad speakers and all this sort of stuff and then make things that are box sets like Game of Thrones and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. where people will come back and listen, watch it again because of certain bits and, you know, and so TV's gone like that and the music industry because it was arrogant to think that nobody was going to ever compete against that sort of way of, of making music and they've reaped what they've sown now. You know, if you look about, even, even with books... If you subscribe to Audible, it doesn't mean that you can get every single book known to man. Whereas now, pretty much on Spotify, you can get everything mm-hmm. for ten a month. So that's going to have a knock-on effect, really, that people just expect to have music. They're not questioning anything. There's no real sort of drive or passion. It's just like, I'll just listen to it and throw it away. So, Well, the demand brings supply. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, it, yeah. But I'm saying that demand is, for example, because people are lazy, they prefer to use to what, what they have used to mm. like if they know that music from their youth and they not so, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the bands who got in this industry because of their creative power and challenge and they struggle to get into do they reunite just because they know they can make money and not because they have more challenges yeah I suppose they do yeah why yeah. do that they've all got bills to pay I suppose and well you know after a bit it's Yeah, there's worse things to be looking at in the music industry than that. Okay. You know, as I said, it's because it's you know the people at the top aren't music industry people a lot of the time. They could be running pharmaceutical organizations, or some of those people aren't music people. That's where the problem is. Not some band of old fogies getting back together again for a, a farewell tour. And it's the way that people don't value music at all. Mm-hmm. At all, they just they, they want to get it for free. That's really that's been the problem how we counteract that is to make people value that music is actually something that is really worth fighting for and so you get things like there's copyright there's better protection for uh, musicians in that way because look yeah it all we're starting to talk about money again but the ultimately that world that we live in it's not respected artists aren't respected and that's because the people at the top don't respect them but are you or like very strict music rights or are you into the research of the new forms of like crowdfunding or you know like oh, no, crowdfunding to... I think is great because it shows that there's a demand for it really yeah, yeah. I mean that's one of the most important lessons I learned was from Daniel Miller at Mew when Inspirals put our first album out on Mew mm-hmm. and he, one of the only things he ever ever insisted on was that Inspiral carpets had to be written on the top of the sleeve because mm-hmm. he said when people are looking for it in vinyl yep. then it's there Mm-hmm. And I realized, yeah, he's right, because we were in the music business. Mm-hmm. He's investing his money, his time, his staff, his resources into us. We need to sell records to repay that back and then continue to make the music that we want to make. Where it starts to go wrong is when, you, when you're not making the music that you want to make because you get yeah. distracted or right. unfocused. So when that relationship is right, then it's great. 
when you've got a record label that wants to put out records and genuinely is passionate about music and you've got a band that is passionate about music but wants to sell records as well in the right way fantastic when you've got two sides of the scales that are opposed when you've got people that just want to be in a band so they can be famous and then you've just got record labels that just want to shift units they don't really care what they're shifting that's when it's all gone wrong and that's where the balance is at the moment it's totally totally out of kilter mm-hmm. but as I said the only people who can change that is people in this room have you ever heard live uh, John the Postman singing Louis Louis no 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 I'm way too young Well, maybe your parents, maybe your parents went <laughs> no, to the gig no, with you. No, 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 definitely not, definitely not. No, no, I, no, I've heard stories of it. I've heard stories of it, but not, not actually heard it, no. And was he in the film Control as well? That, that scene was in Control, I think, as well, wasn't it? Well, it definitely wasn't 24-hour That's right, hour. yes, yes, right, yeah, yeah. Who's the greatest Manchester for you, apart from you? George Best, footballer. I see. I'm not going to ask you know, what's your favorite you know, football band. Football band. Football team, yes, Manchester football United. Team, yeah. Okay. There's only one um, team in Manchester. So maybe it's time to say goodbye then. Yes, thank you very much. We've heard enough of arrogant stuff today. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, next time when you come here, and I hope you do. Oh, no, definitely. We're back again. Back yeah, soon. Yeah, with more arrogance. And I hope with more like real new music from Manchester, that would be very curious. Yes, definitely. Yes, definitely. Uh, Please do. Yes. No, I don't DJ. So you maybe you want to try? Yeah, make, I can. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm good at clearing the floor. <laughs> clearing the that's also nice. Yeah, yeah. That's also the result. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you always play it right at the end of the night when everybody wants good. to go home. Thank okay, you. Okay, no worries. Thank you very much for having me and my esteemed colleagues. <laughs> that was Ludmila Pagodina with Martin Walsh. Subscribe to our channels, support us on Patreon and stay weird. Ooh, <laughs>